Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I am honored to have here with me, Travis Plum. How are you, my friend? Hey, thank you. I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited to uh, chat with you. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to have you. First off, I'm in your space. So that's number one. <laughs> We're out here in Dallas, Texas, just enjoying the vibe and just having a great time here. But honestly, like I met you and I was like, man, he's that dude. You had a upside down pineapple shirt on <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. Build 22 event. And it was so freaking awesome. And I was like, I got to know this guy, like your vibe, your energy, the everything. I was like, you guys are unbelievable. You and Levi, like I saw you both. And I was like, I just got to know them. And like, especially you, because the pineapple shirt, like I just couldn't. Do we want to give him a rundown on the pineapple shirt? Yeah. He's I mean, gonna, this, he's going to give you the one who knew this. Not me. It was it was definitely not me. They say that having an upside down pineapple means that you're a swinger. So I didn't know that. You know what I mean? So I'm definitely not. So if you're watching, I'm not. I was not privy to this information (laughs) that came directly from you. You were the source. (laughs) It was so so funny because like someone like in the crowd had like just came up to me and be like, hey, do you actually know what that means? You have upside down pineapples on your T-shirt. I was like, I have upside down pineapples on my T-shirt. She's like, no. It means you're a swinger. I was like, well, I'm not. So get out of here. <laughs> you had some uninvited guests there, it sounds like. But man, I met you and I was like, your vibe, your energy, your everything. And you were telling me a little bit about your story and like what you guys were up to here in the real estate game. And I was like, dang, first off, like love his energy. Second off, like they're doing making some big, big moves. And it's literally just scratching the surface. I'm just trying to get on your level. Man, no, we're all elevating here. We're all elevating here. But like. It was just amazing to me. And I was like, you know what, Travis, like, I really want to learn more about you and like who you are and like what you're about, where you came from and all the things. Right. Because I'm sure that, you know, you you and Levi, pretty much Levi was on stage. So you, a lot of people got a bit of a feel of what you guys have been up to within the last year. And I'm yeah. like, I want to learn your story. So I'm going to bring it back for you. And, I, and I'm going to ask you my favorite question to start, which okay. is what inspired you on your journey to where you are today? I think like as time has gone on, like different mm-hmm. things have inspired me, but uh, definitely the most inspiring moment for me was the moment that I saw my daughter get rolled out, you know, when, when she was born. I mean, from that moment on, things really, they really changed for me. You know, yeah. it used to be whenever I got out of the military, it was, it was like just money. I was like super, super money driven. Yeah. And I thought that that was going to be the answer to everything. And it just, I'll never forget, you know, like Sam was really sick in the hospital. She was in there for like multiple days on IVs and she was having a bunch of problems with the pregnancy. And then like, we thought that she was getting better and they rolled us up to a whole nother room and another floor. We're like, okay, cool. We're, we're good here. And then all of a sudden, like 20 doctors came like running into the room and they're like, we got to deliver this baby like right now. So we, yeah, we had like no idea like this was going to happen so quickly. You know, my daughter was born, you know, four pounds, 10 ounces, super tiny. They rushed her into the ER. So I wasn't even able to be there for, for that entire process, but I'll just, I'll never forget. I was like outside. It was so fast. They rolled her out on this little cart and I'll just never forget seeing this tiny little peanut get rolled out. And I was like, I got to go harder. You know, so that was like one of the life changing moments for me. And that really motivates me every single day. Now I have two kids. And so I constantly stay motivated every time I see their little faces. I'm like, I can I can do more. I can do better. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, 
that you mentioned something that was really interesting, which is being driven by money for a long time. But before we get to that, yeah. I really want to bring it back. Let's peel it all the way back. Let's peel Travis all the way back. Before this, I was asking, I was like, how do you pronounce your last name? Is it <laughs> is it Plum or is it Plumbe? If you're really if you're really fancy <laughs> and, and rich, it's Plume. No, there you go, Plume. I always so tell that's people what you're gonna, that's what you're gonna say now from now on. I'm <laughs> yeah. Travis Plume. They're well, gonna be like, who the hell is this guy? Hopefully people will start calling me that. Then I'll be like, I made it. I made it. <laughs> it was funny because like in the car business, you know, I, I was like, I would sit there and I would make calls all the time. And they're like, how do I, you know, how do you spell your last name? And I was like, well, it's plum, like a plumber without the ER. And then when people meet me, they're like, man, I was expecting some like super fat plumber with his butt crack hanging out. You know, I was like, you know. Maybe I shouldn't say that anymore. So now I just try to spell it out. You know? Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So you mentioned you were in car sales. Mm -hmm. So now I want to ask you, like, what did you want to be when you grew up, like as a kid? I mean, I, I wanted to chase tornadoes. And then I was like, you know, I don't want to die like that. So maybe <laughs> that's not necessarily the right thing. And then, you know, I think a really powerful moment for me in my life was 9-11. You know, yeah. my, my father's a veteran. My grandfather's a veteran coming from a long line of veterans, you know. Yeah. And uh, when 9-11 happened, you know, I really was like, I I'm going to go to war. I want to fight for my country. I want to fight for this. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because I just it like tore me up. I'll, I'll never forget the moment I was walking into my math class in ninth grade, you yeah. know, when when that happened. And, and I, I really wanted to go into the military. I really wanted to become a Navy SEAL. But, you know, that didn't work for me. I had really bad eyesight. Like I cannot see. I couldn't even read the big E like on that on that, mm. uh, you know, that little sheet that they have oh you read when you go God. get your eyes tested. So I ended up, you know, going into the Navy, got on the special teams and did two combat tours in Iraq as a machine gunner. And uh, that was about as close as I ever got to uh, getting into the SEAL program. So not very close, but it was uh, honorable and felt good. You know, Oh my goodness. God bless you. And thank you for your service, first and foremost. Yeah. But like, holy cow. So you, you just like took that as motivation. So you walked into your classroom in ninth grade and that was it. You I was just, just decided. so like, yeah, I was like so enraged. I was like, you're not coming into my country. And you know, I just, yeah. I really, I love being an American. I think we live in the greatest place in the entire world. And Amen. you know, whenever that happened, I was just like, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to do my part, you know, yeah. and, and joining the military and fighting for our country and did five years and then got out got directly into sales. That's amazing, Travis. Thanks so much for sharing yeah, that. So you mentioned that you come from a line of veterans, which is even more amazing. So thank you to your family as well and your generation who's brought you into, into all of this. But who was like your biggest motivation growing up? Like the most inspiring person or people, if you will? You know, I would have to say that one of the most inspiring people was my dad. You know, I was adopted, you know, and yeah. I, I always knew that I was adopted and I kind of got into a little bit of trouble, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, from the time I was like 15, you know, to like 17, 18 when I graduated. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I always really looked up to my dad. He was a super hard worker. I had no clue that I would ever have, you know, been the most successful person in my entire family. Like that was wow. uh, that was never really the goal. You know, my goal was to just, you know, get an education, get to work, you know, go to the military to pay for college and, and just, yeah. you know, kind of just work really hard. My dad, you know, he made, you know, six figures, you know. And until he, you know, he fell and, you know, I told you earlier, he yeah. fell and on, he just had a freak accident where he fell while he was fishing, slipped, broke his neck and, mm. you know, lost pretty much everything from there. Yeah. But I really looked up to him while I was a kid. I just wanted to be a good man, be a good father, you know, one day. Yeah. And, you know, that was who I mainly looked up to until I got older. And then I had, you know, different goals and different dreams and knew that different things were possible right. instead of just working that regular nine to five. Right. Because he worked himself to death. I mean, that dude was like 
constantly traveling, constantly working. And so, yeah, yeah, that wasn't for me. You know? Well, I mean, that, that's what the society really teaches us, right? Is yeah. to go through this. I don't want to say mindless, but it kind of is. It kind of is. Right? Yeah. Like, you want to know, like, the biggest observation that I came up with when it came to COVID was how much people realized, like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Right? Like, for the first time. It, some people realized it quick, you know, and some people still haven't realized. But, I mean, it was, I mean, you know, I don't know how much you want to dive into the, my philosophies and theories on that stuff. but yeah, You can I, go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just, like, I, I realized very, very, very quickly that it was just not, there's just no way. I mean, no. like, because, you know, we follow all these different doctors on YouTube yeah. and, like, people that we know in our own, you know, sphere of influence. And yeah. these people are, like, serious. And, like, these masks don't even work. You know what I mean? And then you would see, you know, people in Congress or whatever. They were just they were doing their own thing all the time, never wear a mask. It was just yeah. it was just all for show. And I mean, I realized I think I wore a mask for like two weeks. And, you know, I'm in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. So it, was, it was obviously like <laughs> way more, way more chill here. But I wore a mask for a little while because at first I was like, oh, yeah, shit. what the hell you know, is this? Like, yeah. yeah, this is this is going down right now. You know, then very, very quickly I was like, eh, I don't I don't know about all this stuff. But people are, you know, they're brainwashed by the media. It's easy. Yeah. Edu education systems and all that stuff, you know. Well, it's a crazy thing because, like, for the very first time, people were shaken up for their routines. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, like, how this comes into play is huge because for the first time, people were broken out of their, okay, we're working Monday through Friday. We drop off the kids and we go to work and then we go we go home and then we have to fly and cook dinner and then, you know, help the kids, put them to bed and then have maybe an hour for yourself, go to bed and then restart over yeah. and over and over and over again. And a lot of people have become mindless in that process, right? Yeah. Because, because unless you're aware of what you're doing, like, unless you know where you're at, how are you, how do you know where you're going? Yeah. You got to have a plan. You got to have a strategy. So I think that's how the world got like shaken up by upside down because people are home and they're like, what have I been doing this whole time? Yep. I know people who quit jobs because they're like, you know what? My time with my family is way more precious. Oh, for sure. Right. And I, it's I like, I enjoyed it. You know, I yeah. enjoyed it. I remember, I remember when it first happened, you know, like my kids have been in private school since they were two, you know, so like we pulled them out of school and a lot yeah. of the teachers, you know, quit and all this other stuff because they didn't need the staff. So yeah. I actually hired one of my daughter's teachers to just come teach her at the house. That's awesome. And at the, but in, in the meantime, like I just remember going on walks with my kids all the time. I'm like super close to my, my mm -hmm. two little girls, like very close. I spend a lot of girl time dad. with them. Oh, for sure. <laughs> if I could have three more girls, I'd be cool with that. I want to have a whole squad. If, if your wife is listening, <laughs> yeah. I hope you're listening. And this oh, might just knows. happen. <laughs> she knows. She knows. I tell her all the time. I'm like, so we should awesome. definitely have some more, you know. Go for it. But I, I mean, I think COVID was a blessing, you know, yeah. in disguise. Not not for everybody. I think everyone got hit with it differently. differently but, yeah. you know, for me, I thought, you know, it was like a, a good time to kind of just slow, slow things down and really spend time with my family. I, I never believed any of the hype. Very, I mean, for like I said, maybe a couple of weeks. But other than that, I was like, I don't I don't think this is if this is the most deadly virus like in the entire world. We're just supposed to go take a test and then we're just going to just go quarantine for a few days and everything's all good. Like, come on, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I've always been the rebel when it came to all this stuff. But the, <laughs> sure. the one thing that I saw the silver lining with it is like, man, so much change has happened from there. Like, I've seen yeah. so much involved in business. It's like a whole evolution at this point in time because our parents' age, right? Like, they knew that's what they knew. They knew that nine to five, they knew this, like, believing in the corporate structures and all this stuff. And here we are in a world where things are kind of collapsing yep. when it comes to that. And it's like, now you have to build something for yourself, build your different streams of revenue for yourself, which is where you've navigated to in the real estate space, which is amazing. It's just really interesting to see how that programming has kind of like 
slipped in through the generations and even affected you at a young age. You're just kind of like, oh, yeah, this is not my thing. But you knew <laughs> yeah. at a young age that you're like, ah, I don't know about all this. Right. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, I just think, you know, a lot of people just believe, you know, what they're told. They don't, you know, do the research. They don't look into things. They And, and I think that's what you have yeah. to in order to become successful. You have to first seek that information. Right. And then right. once you get that information, you can do with it what you will. But, you know, if you're not if you're not out there looking for it and like that's the thing is like when I was in the military, I kind of started realizing like my whole life, I never liked being told what to do for one. But like in the military, I was entrepreneur, like, <laughs> entrepreneur trait. Number one, number one, <laughs> number exactly. one. don't like it. to be told what to do. No, Same it. here. <laughs> and like well, in, in military, you know, you're like, yeah. you have no control. And I had a senior chief. He was like, he was a super racist guy. Like he would just like did not like any white people. You know what I'm saying? Like it was really like kind of crazy. And like he would just treat people so poorly. And I was like, man, like I'm going to be stuck in this forever if I don't get out now in five years. Mm. And then, you know, I I got into the car business and kind of had a couple little mentors in the car business. And I was like, this is the hack. Hire coaches, hire mentors, Mm. read books, shortcut that, you know, that long term play, like what may take, you know, someone 30, 40, 50 years to, to make that kind of money. I started learning, you know, in my twenties that I could just read and hire mentors and I could literally buy time. And that's what I started doing. That's amazing. Well, because that's, that's like a new thing now that I think people are starting to get plugged into, but how did you get exposed to it? Like that early on? Cause like, it's crazy. I I got, I got lucky. You know, my, my first mentor in the car business, his name was fortunes O'Neill. I I love that guy. We're, we're still super cool. But I mean, he would always walk around and he he would always just say, you know, crazy things like Travis ain't nothing funny, but a pocket full of money, you know, like <laughs> in the, in the car business, they're like, they're like ruthless over there. He's like, what you laughing at? You know, cause ain't nothing funny, but a pocket full of money. And like, he, he would just say all these like, like things, you know, and you know, I just, I really got close to him and he yeah. would kind of teach me some game. And then what I saw was the owner would pull in mentors, you know, Mm. like one of the guys that he pulled in, he would, he would come and he would like pump up the whole team and he would like coach us on mindset mentality. And he's like, every time you're with a client, it's showtime. So whenever we would get out of that meeting and we would go into the showroom floor, he would be, he would scream at the top of his lungs, showtime. And he would just turn into like, cause like back in the back, he's like going hard on us. But then as soon as he came out, it was showtime. So he would just say showtime and like all the clients would look at him and he would just go out there and he would just start closing deals so i'm like okay well this guy he obviously knows how to do something and then you know we hired grant cardone in the car business so we started going through his training and then um i was the youngest finance manager that they had ever had in the the car dealership in 18 years and so when i got moved into finance there they sent us to go to meet this guy alan ram me and my buddy josh vancure one of my best friends uh godfather to my daughter's Um, and, uh, you know, we went and saw Alan Ram. I was like, man, these people are like super smart. They make a lot of money. I can, I can really use this information to, you know, excel. But, you know, when I started going to these mentors, I was like, I'm getting out of the car business. I'm going to go do my own thing one day. You know what I'm saying? Cause like I was working seven, six, seven days a week in the car business. And it was just, you know, you're, you're working bell to bell you're working from eight o'clock. And when you're in finance, you're the last person to leave. So I was there until 11 o'clock, sometimes to 1130, just wow. waiting on someone who may or may not even buy a car because they wanted to stroll in at 859, you know, so <laughs> learned a lot and, you know, slowly started getting into entrepreneurship and, you know, here we are. That's amazing. That's amazing, Travis. Well, I mean, it's, it's fascinating how you were able to kind of model their success. Right. And I think that's one of the things that really helps people, right? Like find somebody that inspires you, watch what they do, and model them. 100%. Why recreate the wheel? 
I don't think that you should. In some, you know, form in your or own fashion. Way. Yeah, in right. your own way. Everything you like, you're not going to copy something like word for word or do exactly. You're going to have your own spin on it naturally. Right. You know, I believe. But yeah, I mean, I, I got out of the car business and, uh, you know, just started doing my own thing. But it was it was hard. You know, I mean, I just four years ago, you know, I, I lost everything. I lost my house, lost my boat, lost my truck. I mean, I, I lost everything. And that was just like, you know, a few short years ago, I was literally living in a house in Frisco, which is a really nice neighborhood in the Dallas Metroplex. And I ended up having to move into this 1100 square foot apartment. And it was like horrible. I was willing to risk everything. You know what I'm saying? To like be my own boss. And I knew like I just knew I always I've always had faith. I just knew that one day I would make it. So I, it was like one of those things, like I knew that it was a very, you know, high probability that that something like that could happen. And I, I mean, I made it for a few years, you know, after the car business, just kind of living paycheck to paycheck, basically with everything that I was selling. And then, you know, I had a bad business partner who was embezzling all the money from the company. I know I kind of told you about that a little bit. Yeah. Let's dive into that. Cause I know there's some people listening right now that may be in a partnership or affiliated with people that they shouldn't be and kind of like warning signs to look out for in in your experience and how to really get out of that. Cause you just mentioned you lost your house, car, boat, everything, everything. Yeah. And it's like, right. For a short period of time. For a short period of time. (laughs) Right. And so like bouncing back from that. So let's dig into that. Yeah. Well, I think when it comes to business partners, I definitely believe that you cannot do everything by yourself. Right. There's just no one who's just self-made where it was just them without a team or anything like that, helping them out. And like, you know, by the grace of God, I have a great business partner right now and, and thank God for him. You know, I mean, working with him has definitely, you know, changed my life because I finally had someone who could run with me and wasn't going to distill for me all the time. Like you said, those red flags, I knew even when I was part, when I partnered with this guy, there were, there were red flags. Like my daughter mm. wouldn't even want him to like say hi. Or, he was just like, you know, a really creepy kind of guy. Right. Damn. And, uh, but he was supposed to be really good at marketing. So basically when I got out of the car business, I worked with some of the top internet influencers, you know, and like I worked for a guy named Ryan Stuman, good buddy of mine. And uh, he taught me how to build funnels and how to do marketing. And, you know, he was another mentor. So I learned how to do all these things. And I, you know, decided to stop working with him. And this was when I like really went out on my own. Mm. And so, you know, I started bringing in all these clients. You know, I'm I'm good at sales. No problem for me. Mm -hmm. I started bringing on all these sales. And then I was so busy that I can no longer do the work by myself and service clients and make all the money. So I needed a partner. And so... I actually met this guy at a mastermind that was $30,000 a year. So I didn't do any like vetting of my own to see like who this guy was. You know, I ended up partnering with him. We, we were only in business for about four months, but that was enough to get behind on my credit card, enough to get behind and have my first late payment. I had an 800 credit score. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And so that hit. And then everything just like I cut it off with him very, very quickly that year for Christmas. I mean, I couldn't even put Christmas presents under the tree. So like oh if God. you see those red flags, I really think that like you need to take a moment to pause before you get too deep and and really make sure that you're, you know, you're going down the right path with the right person. And that, you know, we never really like me and Levi, we are, our goals are the same. Like right. we're on the same page. We're right. very, very similar when it comes to core values and things that we believe yeah. where me and this other gentleman, we were just not, but I was so desperate at the time because I needed that help. And I needed that help very, very quickly right. that I had made that partnership without really like taking the time to vet it or just, you know, slowing things down a little bit. But right. it was also one of the biggest blessings in my entire life, you know, because I learned what not to do. Right. You know, so. And those are sometimes the greatest lessons that have no really price point on them. Oh, right? for sure. Like the value that you're going to get from that, like 
you almost view it like, okay, well, I took this L right here. Yeah. And now I just made it a huge W, yeah, right? We're, we're going like, yeah, to win it now. So it's all good. But Well, it's a crazy thing, right? Because sometimes like you're so focused on the dream and you're so focused on your vision and all this stuff. And like, there's things that happen in entrepreneurship. Like we don't, we're not an overnight success story. No. Like I was telling you earlier about my story. Yeah. People are like, oh yeah, Forbes and time and all this stuff by 27, but like didn't see all this other stuff that happened. Yeah, that's you know, 25 kind of years of hard work right yeah, there. Yeah, right. And so like, it was the same thing for you. And like, you know, you were part of that mastermind. So you didn't think to vet that person, yeah. but like you need to vet your partners. Like it's nobody's business. Number sure. one thing is feel their energy. I always say this. I'm like, yes. you do this with clients and you do this with partners. You do this with everybody you're around. Like the energy's got a vibe. The minute that you're in the room with this person, like you, you need to be able to feel them. And I'm going to swear right now because I think this is such an important, important phrase. But if it's not, a fuck yes. Yeah. Then it's a fuck no. Hey, I like that. Like there is no in between in business. It's like you either vibe with me or you don't. Yeah. That I 100% is agree. Like and I learned that phrase and I was like that is the greatest. Like yeah. it's so accurate because anytime I'm in between like oh, I don't know, then I know what that means. Yep. 100%. I really like that you said that because it's so true. And like, I just knew that those red flags were there. And yeah. like, you know, me and you have vibed the whole time. Like we both love Harry Potter. We both love pizza. pizza. Like, come on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like it's, it's just funny. Cause like, you know, there's a really good energy there, even from yeah. the moment that I met you and like other people. And like, I've learned now since then, like I'm very friendly. I try to be nice and respectful to everybody, yeah. but it doesn't mean that you have to let them into your circle or let them into your business or anything like that. If there's right. if the vibes off, the energy's off, there's red flags. I would just say run, you know, run right. as fast as you possibly can and take your time to find the right person that you want to partner with and, and go down that journey with. Yeah. And remember that phrase that I said, too, like if you're in between, it just means that's a no. 100 percent. It should be a no brainer. Like when I met when I met Levi and we started talking about it, we were yeah. like, yeah, this is this is definitely definitely going to work. We yeah. worked dated for a little while. You know what I'm saying? Before we got <laughs> work, before we got work married. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we worked together really hard for a few months and we're like, man, let's just partner up. Let's let's tackle this. Let's take yeah. it together and, you know, kind of take take over Dallas and the real estate market. And, you know, we've done all right there, I suppose. And that was the kingpin move. That was it. Now, how did you pull yourself out of that situation? Because that's not an easy place to be right with a wife and two kids and like kind of like pulling out because there could be someone listening right now that might be in the same situation that can't get their head out. Yeah. From underneath them, you know, so what would be your advice and kind of what helped you get through that? Well, it's, you know, like I said, it's different for everyone. And, and right. for me, you know, I, I had one daughter at the time and uh, we were we were in this really small apartment and it was just it was just miserable. And I was like, there was like a really small period of time. Like for me, the reason I got off of Instagram and social media for a couple of years, I used to have yeah. a, a ton of followers on there. And I just got off because I was I was too busy, like at the beginning when this like really kind of first happened. Yeah. I was like so busy back on Instagram and like I would see people that I knew they were having more success or so it would appear that right. they were having more success. So I was kind of getting depressed. Yeah. I was getting more and more and more depressed. And, you know, I just started like having like these really bad thoughts. Like, am I going to be, is my family going to be better off with me or without me? Mm. And, you know, I'll never forget like one day, you know, the night before I was like having these really, really bad thoughts. Things just weren't really going well for me. And I was yeah. like, I couldn't put Christmas, I couldn't do anything. And like, I'm a giver. I like yeah. buying Christmas presents for people, my family and friends. And like, you know, all these things, you know, bills were mounting up and like we were fighting over the money. We had to borrow money from her dad, you know, at one point in time. And like the, everything was just so stressful. She had another kid on the way. You know, one day I just I rolled over and I saw my daughter laying right there. And I was like, what the fuck are you thinking, Travis? Get your yeah. ass up right yeah. now. Get over this shit and get to work. 
Right. And that's what I did. And like for me, that was one of the most defining moments in my entire life because I still remember it to this day, just rolling over and she was sleeping in my bed, you know, cause we didn't have another room really for her to sleep right, in. So, right. you know, she was just there just looking so cute. And I was having like, I was like, it's just not me. You know what I'm saying? Like I was right. just having like all these like moments where I was like, man, this is just not who I am. I don't want to live like this. And then just to see her right there, I just, you know, I just was like, I can do this. You know, I know I can do this, like get back up. So I restarted up another marketing agency and did pretty well there. You know what I mean? And, you know, but for me, you know, my motivation was like not internally, you know, like I I think a lot of things that that are going on right now, like in the social media space is you got to spend time on just you. And like, I think that's what people miss. You know, I think there people are missing a community and to do things, not only for yourself, because like if things don't work out for yourself, Right. What do you do then? You fall back. You you have all these things. It's like, but if you do it for other people, yeah. I really think that's like the most powerful thing. I think that you that we as human beings need community and need love yeah. and need to be able to, you know, look at other things to be like, hey, look, I, I need to do this for other people, you know, and it's the mm-hmm. same thing like you were saying earlier. It's like you've made it to the top. You've done crazy, amazing yeah. things. But it's like, how can I give to the community, right? Like right. that's your number one goal. That's why you do this is to be able to give to the community and inspire and give other people hope. Right. And that was what it was for me. It was it was my daughter and then it was Sam and I knew I had another baby. And now we have a big team. You know, we got Alex and everybody like it's a lot of pressure, but like to continue to make money, pay salaries, do all these other yeah. things. But it's easy for me now because I look at all these different people and their families and it's like they're relying on me. You know what I mean? To help them, to motivate them. And so it's it's just always been like a, a combination of things to work towards. It was always been about other people. I think that helped me out the most was yeah. not being selfish and just getting over myself and, and putting in the work and, and hard work. Like that's what it takes. Right. Like there is no shortcut to success. You know, if, if you're getting, if you believe that, I mean, you may be a trust fund baby or something along those lines, you know, but for us average folks, it takes a lot of hard work and determination. And I mean, we are nonstop. Absolutely. Thank you so much for for sharing that. But I had chills like the (laughs) whole time he was talking like that was wild. Thank you so much for sharing that. But what I love about you in that day and your defining moment that you described, you made a decision that day. I'm just not going to be this person anymore. You know, I'm going to choose differently. I'm going to get to work. 100%. I'm going to work harder. Right. And you went out and you just made it happen. Right. Because yeah. you realized you became aware of where you were at. Yeah. And you just said no more. It's not where I want to be. Yeah. So let's roll. Yep. A hundred percent. And I just think that like for anyone watching, you always are listening. Like you always have two choices to make. You know, you can stay where you're at and complain about it. Yeah. Or you can do something different and level up and you and it's never too late to do that. You know, I mean, just four years ago. I had nothing. And now, you know, we're doing, you know, multiple seven figures a year and we're selling real estate and all these other things. And that was, I mean, it goes by so quick, you know, I mean, it just goes by so quick and, you know, we'll continue to grow and hopefully we'll hit eight figures next year. And we're just trying to, you know, we're trying to grow and and build and just do better, but it it can just happen so fast. Like it's amazing. I, I was eating tuna packets. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like like the Biggie Small song, eating sardines for dinner. Let's oh! go. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And like, that was just like, That's God, crazy. It was like just yesterday for me. And so Yeah, four still, years is not that long. Like, nah, it was not. Dude. It was four years this Christmas. Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. It was, it was crazy. The fact, like, your elevation, though, like, it, like, blows my mind. Yeah. Absolutely blows my mind. And, like, I respect and admire that about you so much because... It takes a lot to get to that point. And now to like move forward and get to this level, 
where you guys are impacting lives, you're helping people, like you're doing all this amazing stuff. I'm just mind boggled. Like for anyone who's listening, who's getting themselves out of a hole or is working on getting themselves out of a hole and to start something up again, what would be your best piece of advice to an entrepreneur who's maybe going through this right now about to reset? Look, I'm trying I, to reset. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, my number one piece of advice is you can never give up. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with going back to working nine to five. Right? right. Like that is for some people. You have to look within yourself and decide. Cause I could have come back to the car business and I was making a quarter million a year. No right. problem. That's why I had a boat. That's why I had a truck because I was making good money in the car business. But yeah. I just I wanted more. more freedom. You know, I just wanted more, right? I just knew I see people with these nice cars and like, that was what it was at first. But now it's yeah. like, I can put my kids in the best school. Mm -hmm. I can live in a nice house. I can travel anytime I want. My kids get to go with me and like all these things, you know, involve money and having money and having success and, but making sure that you do that. So the number one thing is like, you got to take time for yourself to figure out, Hey, is this the journey that you really want to be on? You got to ask those questions. But if this is the journey that you really want to be on, then you have got to never give up no matter how hard it is mm -hmm. because like i mean it was it was very very hard but I, I i was never i never wanted to go back to the car business or do any other job so right. my number one is just always just keep going never give up yeah. and and look for help like like you said yeah. earlier right like yeah who are you aspiring to be like alignment then, yeah right alignment yeah. and then and then like if it's elon musk or whatever like how did he ever get there you know if it's bezos or whoever like these really ultra successful people are like, how did they get there? And you need to model your life and your style and hiring mentors along the way. Like right. when I had nothing, I joined a hundred thousand dollar a year mastermind. I spent all my money to join this one mastermind. Like when I had wow. nothing. Right. And uh, I had to make payments on that. You know, I didn't pay for that. I actually, you know, it's crazy. I actually, my mom, my, cause my credit got messed up. I actually asked my mom Mine if, too. She, if, yeah. she, if she would give me a, get me a $25,000 credit card. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's 0%. And so she filled it out. I paid my first payment of 25,000 to her to go to this mastermind. I, I literally had no money in my bank. Oh, and I was like, mom, God. I swear on everything. I will pay you back. And I did. Um, She's a G for that. Oh my God. Shout out to mom. Shout out to mom. <laughs> I love you mom and dad. But so she gave me that and I, and I paid that down and I went out there and I networked and like, I just like put myself into where I knew that I would be. Like I, I may not have been one of my, one of my great mentors, Marshall Silver. He's like, you're already a millionaire, Travis, your money just hasn't hit your bank account yet. Amen. You know, right. And so I went out there and I just had a great time. I networked with everybody, told them, you know, where I'd been and what I was planning to do. And from there, cause I had a, I had started a new marketing agency at this point. I met all of my clients at this event. Amazing. Some of them were paying me 7,500 bucks a month, $10,000 a month to it's do all amazing. this marketing for them. So that money that I'd made, I was able to pay all that back through the clients that I invested in. You know it's what I'm amazing. saying? To, to do that when I didn't have any money whatsoever. And wow. so if you're in a dark place right now, find help, find help, leverage, leverage, mentors, people that you can really look up to and just never quit, never give up. I love that, Travis. And really just watching who you're around, right? Because if you had, sure. I mean, you invested in the mastermind, which puts you around the right people. And they're big players. Yeah. yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. It was the hundred, it was a hundred million dollar mastermind. So all there was like 25 mentors, like everyone there wow. had either made over a hundred million dollars a year, had over a hundred million subscribers or views. So everyone there had to have like serious uh, wow. qualifications to be a coach. You know, like Jordan Belfort was one of them. You know what I mean? The Wolf of Wall Street, like Billy Jean, like we were partying at Dan Bilzerian's mansion 
Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, and, and uh, that and, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was cool. He he wasn't there, uh, which is probably for the best. But you know, <laughs> I was it, gonna say, did he bring? <clears throat> did he bring some friends? <laughs> no, because I would definitely be single today. Like, I would get in so much trouble. If I, it, not even if I did anything. Just being around that sand would be like, get your ass home right now. <laughs> So, but it was cool. Like Travis Scott, the rapper was there. Like it, it was, it was sick. We had this oh, rap show what? like on top. We played poker, you know, so Dude, it was super cool. Wild. Um, but, you know, decide, just believe you got to always invest in yourself and never give up. Holy. Oh my God. Whoa. It was sick. My, yeah. That sounds yeah, absolutely amazing. So I'm going to ask you my favorite question. What would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? Ooh, that's a great question. My older self, like the me now, telling 21-year-old Travis what to do. What, Whatever age, Travis, you know, whatever comes to you. I probably would tell myself now, knowing what I know now, yeah. just get into real estate right away. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like seriously, like like so many people tried to get me into real estate for so long. And I, yeah. I, I guess I had a little fear factor. Like I would definitely tell myself probably seriously, though, get into real estate and also like like on a personal level, you know, I, you know, I did some like psychedelics a couple of years back. Yeah. Right. And, and it really changed my life and it showed me that love was the answer to everything. everything. And, it, yeah. and it truly, truly is like opening up your heart, being more loving. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I think that's a really important piece that I didn't have when I was younger. Now, granted, like when I was in the military, they train you to kind of be like cold hearted right. and like always have your guard up and never trust anyone. And yeah. that, that's kind of, you know, true to an extent, but I, I, I was so hard headed in my twenties, you know, like I would just be like, Hey man, like here's the path. Hire these mentors. When you, instead of going and spending $3,000 at the club on a <laughs> bottle, you know, or more, which I would do in car. Cause I was single, you know, I was making right. good money. I was like, let's go show out. I'll take my boys. Like, you know, Vince is one of my best friends, long time. You know, we would go out to the club and we would drop thousands of dollars. And instead of doing that, you know, yeah. it reinvest that money into yourself. Like that's right. the most important thing that anyone can possibly do is set aside. Like even while we're making all this money in the real estate game, we have a salary and I right. live off of that salary. You know, like I didn't need like to, you know, spend $20,000 a month. I, did, I didn't really need to have all those things. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? I would have mm -hmm. been much more well protected if I had just taking the money that I had been making, no matter how big or small it is right. to, you, you can go to events for $500 and pick up one nugget that could change your life or a thousand dollars. So I would say, go back and be like, Hey, get your ass in real estate and hire these different mentors and then chill. Like don't go spend all that money and don't do certain things that I did in my twenties. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, yeah, I just think mentors are the hack. It's like biohacking, 100%. you know, but for your mind in your business. business. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and hiring, hiring these different mentors really takes things to the next level. Cause like, they're like, you know, time is really. a very valuable asset, but you can, I, I believe you can definitely buy time by, you know, investing in learning information for sure. Absolutely. But then you got to work hard. Yeah. You got to, you know, exactly. Then you got to grind out. You got to execute. That's the hardest part, right? A lot of people talk and they do all these things and then sorry. Right, so where's the execution at the end of the day? Right. For sure. You know? And so in your world, like what's happening in the next like six to 12 months, what's happening in your world, Travis, what's, well, what's going on? You know, um, we're still growing our team here in the local market for real estate. So nice. for those of y'all who don't know, we have a, a team here in Dallas. Uh, we work, you know, on the residential side and uh, we actually our claim, our original claim to fame, cause I just got into real estate about a year and a half ago. Well, it'll be two years this December. And everything that we did was on YouTube. Like we were really looking for, you know, yeah. a new strategy. We didn't want a cold call. We didn't want a door knocker. Yeah. Do all these different things. And, you know, when I did my marketing, I focused a lot of that in the real estate space. 
So I knew what the conversions looked like on Facebook yeah. and Instagram and Google and how much it costs and how much work. Like I would have, you know, text message automations and email automations and I have a full blown call center calling these leads on Facebook and like it works, but it converts like 1% to 3%. And so when we got into, we got into real estate, Levi actually launched the channel first and I saw him, he had about 30 subscribers at the time. And I'm like, Hey man, I, I like your flow. Yeah. Like kind of like, what's up? I'm going to do Fort Worth, you know, cause he was doing Dallas. So instead of doing two different channels, we ended up long story short partnering. But you know, since then our last deal or the first deal that we ever closed was last April. So maybe 15, 16 months ago, and we've sold over $130 million worth of real estate, oh my God. all from YouTube free, no ad spend, no knocking doors. It's all inbound. So, you know, I'd say the goal over the next six to 12 months is personally for me to just step out of production Right. And just because yeah. we have so much business coming in, I can give that to my team. Yeah, I'll make a little bit less on the real estate side. But we also have, you know, a YouTube course and we, we you know, have agents all over the world that are yeah. in, inside of our organization. So we make money through that way as well. And a couple other different things we're building in Belize. We're working on building our first uh, big Airbnb in Belize. And so I think over the next six to 12 months really, really focusing in on stepping out of production and then more putting out more and more and more video content, building a bigger real estate portfolio, more Airbnbs. You know, we were talking about tiny homes. I love that. Yeah. You know, like just go buy some (laughs) land and put a bunch of little tiny homes on there. So definitely going to dive into, uh, you know, the investing side a little bit more. And then the big goal is obviously agent attraction for us. You know, how many people can we help? Like we want to help 10,000 agents start a YouTube channel. and changed their life. It changed my life forever. You know, I went from, you know, paycheck to paycheck for years to, you know, I don't even have to worry about that anymore. All my bills are paid. We're eating good, you know, and like, I want to be able to help other people because we did that bootstrapped. We, we shot all of our first like 150, 200 videos on an iPhone. So like people are like, well, I don't have time to do YouTube or I don't have any money to hire a videographer. Like now we have a full-time videographer and it's not cheap, but at the beginning, you know, we did everything on an iPhone. We just bootstrap. We bought a little mic off of Amazon and stuck it in there and <laughs> bought a little selfie stick and we just started walking. Around. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what Levi looks like. <laughs> so that that was how we did it. And and it worked out really, really well. And it made us a lot of money in a short period of time. But now we gotta now we're, you know, trying other strategies. You know, I'm working on I've been filming, you know, for reels and TikTok, trying other strategies, you know, pay-per-click, getting back into Google pay-per-click because now we have a team. We want to grow that team here locally, you know, much bigger. So we need to make sure that we can, you know, scale accordingly. So, you know, work on agent attraction, getting into more investing and buying more properties Mm -hmm. and and just continue to help the team. And then the number one goal is, you know, faith and family, you know, just work on being a better man, being a better family guy, spending more time with my kiddos and just just being a good role model for them and everyone around me. Amazing, Travis, that's amazing. My God, I can't wait to see where you're at, like in six months, 12 months, like it's going to be insane but like you've got to let everyone know where to find you where to contact you like where can we find you i know living in dallas the youtube channel for sure yeah yeah if you want to find if you want to find me on instagram it's just travis plum p-l-u-m-b like a plumber without the er plume and if you're fancy and wealthy plume plume. so you can find me on instagram i'm not i haven't even started my tiktok yet so i've been batching all that content so i don't have a tiktok yet but like i wanted to you know batch record a bunch of content so when i launch i'm prepared 
to go out there and you know do two or three a day so oh just hit, hit me up on instagram if you want to follow oh me boy. and watch the story the next tiktok star right here travis maybe, hey maybe so maybe so <laughs> i was gonna oh. try to shoot for being the ripped realtor but i got a long ways to go <laughs> So no, I'm not gonna be able to do that. I'm not gonna be able to do that one just yet. I was like, I could be the ripped realtor and like get out of these pools with my shirt off, and I like don't have that good of a body. So, you know, we'll, we're gonna work. We're on getting it. there. We're getting there, man. Travis, it's been a true privilege and an honor to hear your story today. Thank you so so much for being on the Underdog Podcast. Like this was a blast, and you're amazing. And Thank like, you. just can't wait to see the let's, elevation, man. Let's get it to the moon. We go. Let's go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. All we know is overtime, working like some underdogs.